Welcome to an episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident master, as always, Ian Cusick. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How you doing tonight, Bryce? And uh, as always, is actually a lie. I'm only here about 99.9% of the time. That's true. You, but, did, you did miss one episode due to yeah, it wasn't. exigent circumstances. But uh, Yeah, well... By the way, if you could read the title, we have a new guest. Yeah, we actually have a new guest. It's not a recycled one that we found before. It's a new one. Believe it or not, we actually have new guests on this show every now and then. So uh, this is a good friend of mine. I've known him for about two years now, back when I was doing sports writing. Uh, Welcome to the show, Donnie. Hi, guys. How's it going? It's great. Great to have you on the show. Glad to have you here. It was hard. Yeah, Yeah, you know, the last time, you know, free sports tickets, you can't turn them down. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's the past. Yeah, if only you went to a sporting event. Oh boy, we're really about to start with this. <laughs> uh, hockey slander aside, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about in sports this week. And I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess we got stuff to talk about. This is a sports podcast after all. Uh, is it? I, I like to think it is. Yeah, I, I guess. So. I guess it's a pretty subjective I haven't opinion. checked, but yeah. But, um... So, today is April 28th, 2009, wait, April 18th, not 28th. April 28th. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's getting off to an awesome start. Uh, it is April 18th, not 28th, 2019, and a week from now is going to be the first round of the NFL draft and Avengers Endgame, which, uh, you know. More important. Probably more important, but. It's a different show. Th- th- we'll save it for the, uh. We'll save it for the the uh, movie edition of I'm Walking Here. But, uh, <laughs> so, what we, the three of us, have done is we've all done our respective mock drafts for just the first round because, let's be honest, these are going to suck, and I'd rather have it just be one round instead of three rounds of really not good. So, uh... Of not good. Of not right. good. So, uh... How about we just get started with that? I'll kick us off with the number one overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals. I've got him taking Nick Bosa, edge defender from Ohio State, for reasons that should go unsaid. Well, that would be the smart thing to do. It's not going to happen, though. I think, I really think they're going to deal Rosen and take Murray. I really believe that's what they're going to do. I mean... I know I can't like confirm that. I don't got inside sources. That's mostly because Arizona is not real. But, um, yeah, I think they're gonna kick Rosen out, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing I think anyone could do. I think it's very stupid that they'd even consider happen. doing it. But yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. If they can, if they, and the reason I think this is if they're willing to bail on their first year head coach. They're absolutely willing to bail on their first-year quarterback without a question. So I think that's what happens. I think the big issue is that that return's going to be so bad for Rosen, too. Yeah, it's not going to be great. They were talking yesterday. Like I saw somebody tweet that they're going to get like a second-rounder back for him. That is awful. What's the point of just cutting bait? And I know Kyler Murray's like potential star, but... I've never heard of a team give a rookie quarterback one year and then just say, hey, we're going to send you for like a second, maybe a second and a third, and just call it a day here. Like, can you imagine if, if like, the Colts had done that with Peyton Manning after his rookie season? 
And they could have. He didn't have a great rookie no, season. No, he either. still has the record for most interceptions by a rookie quarterback in a single season. Like, and the thing is, like, there's no rookie quarterback that does like exceedingly well for the most part, at least. Like, there's always the outliers, but we knew with Rosen, he wasn't going to be good. Look at that roster around him. He, they don't have an offensive line. They barely have a defense. It's ironic because the one thing they don't need is a quarterback. Like, they can go any other position in the draft, and it makes sense except quarterback, and I think they're going to take a quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably what's going to happen, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not going to be stupid, and they're actually going to make a smart pick here and take a generational pass rush talent instead of a quarterback that they didn't need. All right, so number two pick, San Fran. Yes, number two. Got? So, uh, Bryce, why don't you start us off? Well, I have Nick Bosa going there, too. Um, this is going to be like... The third time, no second, I apologize, that they just steal. So, like, they just rob a team. Like, remember the Bears? Yeah, I they remember the Bears. They stole they, from the Bears. They, they got three draft picks because the Bears had no interest in taking uh, Solomon Thomas. Yeah. So they're going to take Nick Bosa. They're going to walk out again in the draft. And You know, it's funny. I always yeah. feel like they're taking defensive players, like, really early on, but I don't hear anything about him afterwards. Like... How many well, times have you heard about Because the Niners, okay, the Niners haven't been that great. That's no, why. Haven't. But once once they start becoming great, you'll probably hear about them. I would I would assume so, but like because like DeForest Buckner is great. DeForest Buckner was really good, but you never really heard his name. Like because they're not they're not really relevant. I, you would think at least like you'd hear about him like making a big play or something. And I get that he was putting up really good stats, but it just you would not hear his name. And I guess yeah, that makes sense. You don't hear about him too often. I guess that's it, really. They gotta win. So. That's kind of how it is, though. Especially with teams that are, like, perennial losers. You don't hear anything about them. Like, people talk a lot about the Jaguars being fantastic last year. They're supposed to be so good, 12-win team. And then, like, halfway through the season, nobody talked about them unless, like, they were down 30 points or Blake Bortles was out there. <laughs> like, it, you don't really hear anything about specific teams. Like, the Buccaneers, you're not going to hear much about them. It's just the perennial losers don't get any media coverage because who wants to hear about these garbage teams? That's very well, true. especially when they're in like markets because like San Fran's not the biggest team in California, so it's like they're not going to get that much attention, you know? Well, especially because San Diego was in a new, they were a new, they were playing where the Galaxy play, and the Raiders have a bunch of random storylines like a new coach last year, so it's like San Fran's pretty low on the pecking order in terms of teams that you actually care about in California. Yeah. And then you've got the Rams who are insane. Like, there's no reason to talk about them when you have all these good storylines as is. So who do you think they're taking a team, Nick Bosa? Because you had Murray. Oh, absolutely. There's no way they don't. Yeah. And I saw somebody tweeted um, that they thought that it was just, like, a last name thing. Like, I don't think anybody... You probably haven't watched any film if that's what you think because the kid's absolutely insane. Like, he's going to be a superstar. He's he's unbelievable. Obviously, you got Joey Bosa, so that's gonna definitely that that really just helps his uh, his brand get out there, really. But he's a good enough player that even if he wasn't a Bosa, people would still like be very high on him. So I don't, I I don't like that people. The dude's like an athletic beast. He's super strong at every facet of the game, and he's very coachable, I think, too. So there's like nothing wrong with him at all. Other than the, his last name at this point, that people um, can hold against him. Well, Ian, you had 
both at once. I had both at once. So I have the 49ers taking Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama. Mm, okay. okay. So, uh, That's not a bad pick either. I, I like to think it was a pretty solid pick there because obviously you want to bolster a defensive line. I think Williams is the best defensive tackle prospect in this draft. You might as well take him. If you can't get the best edge defender, you might as well get the next best thing. So number so the Jets, Donnie, who you got the Jets taking? I had them taking Williams. I also have them taking which Williams. Which would is like a no brainer at this point. Obviously, if Williams is there, you take him. But since I got him at two, I've actually got another defensive tackle, uh, Ed Oliver. Okay. At at three? Uh yeah. Okay. So number four. Um I think this is the most. I think we should all agree on this one. The Raiders are going Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I think it's just absolutely the stars. Um, he is unbelievable, and I think he will be good. Khalil Mack, good? Not sure, but we'll have to see. We'll about see. That. But uh, I think, I think it's a safe bet that like, if you're gonna go for an edge defender at pick four, I think Josh Allen's probably your best bet. See, I'd be interested to see what happens if Kyler Murray was to fall to four. Like, would they go out of their way to like make a mess of everything that people expected? Or I don't think so. Yeah, I tend to think that they wouldn't either. But you really never know with them. And also, that's true. But I think I mean because you see, because Carr and AB are getting along right now, and drafting Murray would effectively kill that. So, like, I don't think they do it. Even if Gruden and uh, Carr butted heads a little bit, but I don't see that. It makes sense, yeah. Number five. Number five. All right, I'll start this one off. Uh, I got him taking Devin White. Devin White. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know they need linebacker. They they need defense. Period. But uh, linebacker is probably the biggest need because they just lost. Uh, Who they just lose? They lost Quan Alexander, right? Yeah, they did. I yeah, believe. so pair him up with Levante David. Uh, I think you got a really nice linebacker duo right there. I really think that uh, that's something that Tampa Bay needs to get in their uh, in their defense right now. Yeah, from Donnie. See, I was a little bit. I went a different route. I thought Ed Oliver would drop to them at five because there's rumors they're trying to get rid of Gerald McCoy because their contract. If you've seen their cap, they have the least in the league, and I think the Bucks. You could say they have one of the most, if not the most, like random problems of any team in the league. Well, they've so just got a I lot thought of problems. Period. Yeah, which it, cap would be a big fix for them if they could go grab Oliver, who's controllable on a cheap deal, and then see if you can move McCoy for other pieces that are cheaper. Obviously, it's not easy to do, but they have the least cap room in the league. They have and a ridiculous amount of problems. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know how much cap they'd be saving by moving McCoy, but I do know he has a big contract. So I guess it makes sense to make that kind of a move and then getting Oliver. Uh, I also have them taking it Oliver at five. I think it just fits, especially because they want to get rid of McCoy. And it just it, it would help them. So I, I'm taking it Oliver as well. All right, pick this six. One, this one's interesting. Donnie and Bryce, you guys are Giants fans, so I'll let you guys take it first. So you pick six. Ahead. Pick six. Um, I got us taking Rashawn Gary. Um, we're not taking Haskins. I understand that it just isn't going to happen. Um, 
I think Gary is a good player. I think Rashawn Gary, um, it's not a bad pick, but I just, it, I know it's going to happen, so I'm not even going to let myself get disappointed. I know we're taking a Rashawn Gary. Um, I wish I could say the same. Uh, I think they're going to take Haskins at six. No, it's, that's uh, just blind I, optimism. Man. It's, 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 it's very, it's very blind optimism, but. I just I feel like at this point there's no reason for them to not just finish end the storylines be done with it get the quarterback that's going to be good because I think everybody knows he's got the talent to they're be not. They're not they're not they're probably not going to but Giants aren't hot on Haskins at all. Well, I saw as long as it's not Daniel Jones in this draft yeah, I'm gonna okay. be. It is. It's going to be I'm trying to convince myself it's not, and it's really starting to. It, no, it may as well not lie to yourself. It's going to be Daniel Jones. Yeah, that that's, uh, rattles me a little bit because I saw him play Miami in the rain last year, and he uh, I don't think he completed a pass that's whenever tough. it was raining. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's only two things I could see happening, really, because I don't see him taking Haskins at all. I could see them either taking Jones at 17. Or, if you remember, they really, really, really like Justin Herbert, like, a lot. Which would be fantastic. Gettleman was in love with Justin Herbert. So maybe, the only two things I see happening is we either draft Jones at 17, or we don't take a QB at all, wait till the next draft, and hope we can get Herbert. And that's the only two things I could see happening. Really I just have a hard time believing that they're going to be bad enough to where they can get like a top two or three pick next year. That's just in, I mean, in my this mind. team. I don't know, man. I, I have no idea what they want out of this team. All well, right, so that... Bryce, and well, Donnie, you're a Giants fan, so you can answer this too. Uh, question. So, well, to start, I have to, I haven't taken Dwayne Haskins. I know you aren't very optimistic that that's going to be the case, but uh, I'll be optimistic for you that they are going to make the right move for once. But how would you feel if they took Drew Locke at six? I'd stop watching the draft. Um, if they took Drew Locke at six, yes, that's my response. Just nothing. There's I nothing. There would be no reason to ever watch Giants football again if they took Drew Locke at six. Hmm. There'd be no reason to. Uh, it's that would make no sense, and I don't think they will. I'd rather them take Rashad Rashad Gary at six than Drew Locke. All right, all right. The, but no, I doubt it. I I pray I will pray to whatever God you want me to that it doesn't happen. But that, that's all you, man. Well, I won't be praying. So. All right, uh, pick seven, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'll start this one off. I got him taking Jawan Taylor from Florida. An offensive tackle, and uh, frankly, on the offensive side of the ball, outside of quarterback and running back, they've got a lot of needs. Uh, I think a really good way of starting that off is by building up an offensive line, and uh, I think tackle's a really big need for him right now, so Taylor makes a lot of sense here. No. I am taking DK. I see. Uh, they need a wideout, like, bad, and they just got, they just went for Nick Foles. So you also need a big guy to protect him, though. 
They gotta they gotta line to the point where they can take Metcalf, I think. Cause like yeah, you can get him a line, but if you draft Jawan Taylor, who is he throwing to? And that's seemingly been a big issue for them for like a long time. When's the last time that you felt, especially last year, like I don't think anybody could have told you that they had a legitimate wide receiver one out there every game. And I mean, Metcalf would make sense. I had them taking Rashawn Gary because if he falls there, I don't think there's any way you let him go because he's like absolutely ridiculous. They don't athletically. need Rashawn Gary. I understand, I understand you don't need him, but you can work him into where you can make that I, th- I feel like there's guys like him you can always work in, especially down the road, because there's so much flexibility with this, the set positions. Um, and I don't feel like they have the balls to reach on another position. I don't think they're going to go O-line, because I think going O-line really high doesn't usually work out. Uh, so Did you did you watch the Colts this year? Oh, I understand that for sure, but if you look in years past before that, it generally doesn't work as well as you'd hope it would and I feel like the better route for them would be to wait a little bit because there are a lot of lower first higher second guys that have uh, that they have the mold to end up being good good or better NFL starters alright um, um, I agree with you but I am thinking DK here's the thing about them going Rashawn Gary really early they really just don't have a need at defensive line. Like, remember last year in the first round, they selected Taven Bryan, who uh, played defensive tackle for Florida. And he barely played at all. I think he had like 20 tackles, maybe one sack. But um, he barely played at all, so they're still trying to develop him. So I don't really see much of a reason for them to get another defensive lineman to develop right now. I don't think there's an immediate need for that as much as there is needs on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I can understand why Bryce picked DK Metcalf, but I'm not sure I would agree with Rashawn Gary. But who knows? Uh, pick eight. Who y'all got? Pick eight. So that's the Detroit Lions. And this is actually where I have Rashawn Gary going. So, uh, you know, eight. Got, yeah, I got him taking him at eight. So, uh, okay. you know, they just got Trey Flowers in free agency. Uh, I don't know what the whole deal is with Ziggy Anza, if they're trying to get him or not, or if he's just testing free agency still. But if you can get him on the line, that Detroit defensive line, it's pretty damn good. I think it's it would make a lot of sense. Would I say it's their immediate need? No, but I still think it would be a solid pick if they went Gary at eight, if he falls there. But do you think he's going to fall? Like, Would you say that's like a genuine possibility? I could see it as a possibility, I guess. I mean, it depends. It all depends because I really think the Giants won at six. So, well, Let's who see. do you have at eight, Bryce? I am taking uh, Brian Burns. Actually, um, I think outside linebacker wise, he'd be an upgrade. And I don't really think I don't really know what else they need. I don't really know the Lions need that much, but I think Brian Burns would make sense for him. What about you, That's funny. I also had Brian Burns going there because I, I like the guys that can play both and and some linebacker and all that. And I, it's nice having guys that can fit in different needs and fill in different spots. And I think that he's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, the, the depth thing is definitely an issue for them. So 
I, I feel like they fill their needs pretty well, and I feel like it's like a no-brainer almost for them. All right, so you guys got Brian Burns. Uh, pick number nine, the Buffalo Bills. I got DK Metcalf going here. Oh, if he falls there, yeah. Definitely. Um, I got him going Juwan Taylor because I'm fond of him. That's what I got. What about I had Juwan Taylor there as well. All right. Pick 10, the Denver Broncos. Who's going first? Donnie, why don't you go first? I don't think you've gone first. Uh, I see. I, I still believe that OA likes Drew Locke, so that this would be where I have him going. Um, it's kind of cooled off a little bit recently, but I, I feel like it just makes too much sense for it not to happen. I feel like this is such a Broncos esque move. I'm not like I'm not a huge fan, but I think he could end up being half decent. He has the talent to be all right. I think he's like a real developmental project. And some people have said that he's kind of not the nicest guy, not the most receptive guy. So you have to throw that all out the window once you get in the NFL, obviously. And if you go number ten, you get to work with John Elway. Everything everything changes. Everything works out from there. I have I have a lot going here too. So I actually this is where I have Dwayne Haskins going. I'm going to the Broncos because he's still on the board for me. He's by far, he's better than Locke. I think everyone understands that's the case. Like, even Elway, who is not the best drafter, understands that Haskins is better than Locke. So this is where I have him going. I think he goes to Denver. All right, pick 11, the Cincinnati Bengals. Why don't you kick us off, Bryce? I am going with Devin White. I know you had Devin White going at 5. I am going 11 to the Bengals. They need everywhere on defense. I think Devin White, he's going to be a guy... I, really, I think very highly of Devin White. He's a, he's a guy that's going to lead a defense for a decade. I mean, that is that is your linebacker for 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah, I can see it. So, I, so Bengals need a guy like that, and I think they take it. What about you, Donnie? I had White there as well. Um, productivity is huge for linebackers and just defensive players in general, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he had like 130 tackles last year. He had an absurd amount. Is- just insane. Like, think field. about that. So, a, a guy like that skill is going to translate. How well, you don't know, but he's going to be good. And he's going to be, like he said, like Bryce said, a decade or more of just consistent productivity. You don't know how good he's going to be, but he's going to be he's going to be productive. He's going to get tackled. He's going to replays. So, that's all you need, especially for a team that kind of needs a rebuild here. Yeah, so um, this is kind of funny, actually. I have him taking Devin Bush here, not Devin White. So uh, you guys pretty much said it all with Devin White, but uh, Devin Bush, he's another really athletic linebacker, fast off the ball, really good tackler, uh, just someone that Cincinnati needs on their defense, especially since they just lost Fontes Perfect. So I, just, I think he'd be an immediate upgrade over Perfect anyways. So I think that move is just a no-brainer. Uh, pick 12, the Green Bay Packers. I'll start us off. Uh, Noah Fant, tight end from Iowa. Uh, defensively, no. they've covered up a lot of their holes. I think they need to start working on their offense. G- the Jimmy Graham experiment did not really work. So I think... All right, listen. Listen, listen, listen. It's been one year. One season. You're going to say it didn't work? 
I mean, I, it's not looking very optimistic. I mean, do you know who's? I haven't taken a guy who's unbelievably still on the board. He wouldn't have been a couple months ago. At number twelve, I don't take him greedy because he's that's the steal of the draft. Like if he falls to twelve, that is an unbelievable steal. Even if you have a corner, right? You still need more than one corner. Greedy and Jari, nobody's no. That's gonna be so hard to throw on. For anybody, I think they got to take Greedy if he's there on the board at 12. Man. All right, all right. What about you, Donnie? See, I had to take Hawkinson from Iowa. Ah. The other, I feel like he's going to go, at least from what you see, basically everywhere. That, like, I've seen people say that he's going to be like Gronkowski and Kelsey light, like, mixed together, which oh is just ridiculous. <laughs> anybody that's getting paid, somebody gets paid to write about the NFL would say that. But it, you need an offensive weapon. He'll be a guy that steps in once everything, once Graham is done with and everything is moved on from there. Um, you need to bolster offensive weapons, obviously, if you want success. And he's going to be a really, really talented player. It's like, insane. I know you said, oh, sorry, Donnie. No, go ahead. I said, oh, Ian, that's the thing. Like, Fan is not getting picked over Hawkinson. That's just not. You see, I'm thinking it's depending on what Green Bay is looking for for a tight end. If they're looking for a vertical threat, I think they oh. will go fan. But if they want an all-around Kelsey or Gronkowski, kind no, of guy, they they definitely want. Everyone wants Hawkinson over Fan. Fan is not getting picked before him. I I would put my house on that. That's that is not happening. I can see Hawkinson going at twelve. I think they should go Green, but Hawkinson makes sense. But Fan, no. Right. Not even, no. Okay. Uh, pick 13, the Miami Dolphins. When do you guys want to go? Uh, I haven't taken Drew Locke, actually. I know you guys had Locke going at, uh, at 10. or Yeah, at 10 to 10, Denver. 10, yeah. I am going 13 to Miami because he'd be the best QB on the board, and they need that. So I think it makes sense. All right. Well, I also haven't taken a QB. And if you notice, there's one name on my draft board at this point that hasn't been picked yet. Uh, I got I got Kyler Murray, la- Kyler Murray landing here. Ugh. Okay. Um, oh, that makes sense if he falls there, yeah. Because he, he, of all the teams that are on the board, only a handful of them need a quarterback. I don't think the need in Cincinnati is enough yet for them to go Kyler right now. Um, I don't think – he doesn't really fit the Denver mold because Denver doesn't really rely on mobile quarterbacks that much. And I already said I think that they're gonna try to. I still think that they're gonna try to work with Rosen in Arizona. When's the, when's the last time the Dolphins had a mobile QB? Pat White. Uh, it's been a while, but at least, at least it seems it kind of, it feels like it makes sense with Miami. It's not as it's not like an I, ideal I fit, but like I mean, Locke getting picked over Kyler, man. I don't know. I just I don't know I don't even know. even if your reasoning does make sense I don't know if I could see that. Who you got, Donnie? See, I had them taking uh, Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I feel he was supposed to go like top eight ish before he got hurt. I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL. Uh, I could be wrong with that, but um, he, he was definitely a knee injury. I don't know if it was his ACL. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like. It just makes too much sense for them to, for him not to slip. Somebody will go after him because you don't lose like that. You don't lose that 
mental ability to just be a stud. If you can recover, if you can recover, it's. I've seen people say that he's going to fall out of the first round or fall into the first round, and I just feel like if you have a guy that's going to go, could have gone top five or top eight with this draft, like how talented the players are, I feel like it definitely makes sense for them to jump on him, especially because they kind of need that that boomer bust, that guy that could be insanely talented. And at thirteen, you kind of you make that risk. They do. The Dolphins have taken risks before. They drafted Tunsil the night his account got hacked, and they, which was just a blast to see. That was that was a night. But yeah, they take risks, so I can I can understand that. Right. I'm sticking with my lock pick though. All right, pick fourteen, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I got your boy Greedy Williams going here, Bryce. I got Montez Sweat at this pick. Um, they need a guy that can do what Sweat does. Um, it's going to be weird seeing Sweat on the last name of a jersey in the that NFL. That is going to be but, really weird. <laughs> but, uh, he's definitely a first-round talent. So You see, that's actually kind of funny, though, because while I was doing like my research for this, I actually simmed a seven-round mock draft, and I remember there's uh, one prospect. He's supposed to be like a uh, fourth or a fifth-round talent. Dude's got the last name Christmas. And then, like, there's a lot of funky names mm-hmm. in this draft class. But, yeah, I'm taking Montez Sweat. All right, interesting. What about, what are you thinking? I also I also had Sweat at 14. It just sweat. makes too much sense. The athleticism is ridiculous. You know, that these are guys that people, like, salivate over. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know if you meant that, but that was good. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down and everything. Come on. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, pick 15, the Washington Redskins. Indigenous uh, peoples. I, fuck, I'm canceled. Bro. <laughs> the Washington Indigenous peoples. Uh, I got him taking Daniel Jones because they need a quarterback and they need one now because... You got him, ta- you got him taking Daniel Jones. Yes. I think they're going to be okay. desperate at quarterback and I know Daniel Jones isn't very highly regarded at, in terms of like production i know he's i know teams still have him going in the first round i think but like i think washington's yeah, going because they haven't gone in the first round because the giants are like the rumors on them are ridiculous yeah i think i think washington's gonna be very desperate and they're gonna go for him they're in the haskins i heard they might trade up for him well i got haskins going at six so well, this is where i had dk going i just felt like dk at 15 i i feel like yeah, I feel like receivers drop more often than not, and he does have issues locating like the deep ball. Doesn't turn very well. Route running isn't all there. Although he's like the four three, six three two thirty. Like I don't know. I just feel like there's too many skilled players in this draft for Metcalf to go super high. Although you always need the receiver that's going to get it done. I feel like 15 is a decent spot for him. He probably goes a little bit higher, but my thought process was just uh, there's no way he was going to drop further than here, and everybody had picked before was totally, like, it felt like a set-in-stone pick to me, so. Well, I I actually have him reaching, um, kind of reaching, maybe not, we'll see, for a receiver, because, you know, DK went for seven for me. I haven't taken uh, Neil Harry at 15, um, I think he's by far the second best. Maybe he might even be better than DK. I mean, I think people kind of sleep on Neil Harry, but I think he goes 15 to the to Washington here. 
All right, so you got Nikhil Harry going there. Uh, pick 16, the Carolina Panthers. Um, all right, I guess I'll start then. Uh, I got to take in Jonah Williams, a guard from Alabama. Uh, they have a lot of they they have a fair amount of issues. I know pass catchers uh, is definitely something that they should be investing in in this draft, but I think offensive line is something that they need to really develop. Uh, an interior guy like Jonah Williams, who's got really good size, really good feet. This move, it just makes a lot of sense. I also had them taking Jonah Williams. I, I actually also had them taking Jonah Williams. <laughs> about Jonah that time. It makes a lot of sense, huh? Yeah, it makes perfect sense for Carolina to take Jonah. Yes. All right, well, with that, we'll go with pick 17 for the Giants' second pick in this draft. Uh, I've actually got a Montez Sweat going here, and I know you guys have him going earlier. But uh, I think that uh, this is something that the Giants. Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. But uh, I think that if he falls to 17, I think the Giants go for him. Well, I haven't taken Devin Bush because Sweat, you know, obviously off the board. So Devin Bush, so the Michigan duo for me stays together, Gary and Bush. Um,. I wouldn't hate that personally. They're, that's that's a good duo to have. So I wouldn't hate. See, that. I I went more towards the I need them to take a DB at some point. So I still have greedy available on my on my big board here, and I thought that would just make too much sense. I had them think quarterback first, so you have to take a skill position. He might be he's going to be the best corner in the draft probably. And the Giants DB kind of struggling here, although Sam Beal's going to step in. We'll really have to see. But I, I think Greedy's probably got the potential to be a superstar, and at 17, that's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. All right, so pick 18, the Minnesota Vikings. I got him taking Cody Ford, an offensive lineman out of Oklahoma. Again, like Carolina – except offensively they're pretty set on pass catchers. Uh, that offensive line in Minnesota was absolutely abysmal last year. They need all the help they can get. I think Ford is probably the best available right there. So I think that it would just make sense. It's a match that just it just works for Minnesota. I agree. I have Ford as well. I had Ford there too. Yeah. The Vikings had a bottom five, bottom five offensive line, and they spent that money on Kirk Cousins. Somebody has to protect him. Yeah, if you're paying a man $84 million guaranteed, you might as well protect him. It makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a reasonable mindset, I think. So 19. 19, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I got, I got him I, You guys already picked him earlier, but I have Brian Burns falling here. I have TJ Hawkinson going here. Hawkinson, that's, that's interesting. After the Delaney Walker injury, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think the Titans He's know. pushing mid-30s, right? He's getting older. He had a major injury last year. I think TJ Hawkinson makes a lot of sense for the Titans. I have Christian Wilkins going here. I feel like Wilkins. All right. The Titans don't really have like that poster boy locker room guy that's, that's like there, and everybody says he's like the best guy to play with. He's so dedicated and motivated and all that. And I feel like that'd be a really good thing to help the Titans. Just everybody needs somebody like him. And he's super talented, obviously. Uh, very versatile player. 
very seasoned player at 19. Why not? All right, all right. Uh, pick 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you guys think? Uh, I got Byron Murphy. Uh, I think a corner is something the Steelers kind of need. You know, they got aging guys there. They kind of need a fresh face, and I think Byron Murphy for me would be the best available at a 20. So, yeah, so Byron yeah. Murphy, the corpse of Joe Hayden ain't going to be getting it done much longer in Pittsburgh. So I think I do have Byron Murphy going here too, so we have the same one here. But, um, yeah, it's Pittsburgh's got a lot of holes on defense. Uh, cornerback is arguably their biggest need on defense right now. So I'd say that uh, Byron Murphy is a natural fit here, and I like that pick. What about you, Donnie? I actually had Devin Bush falling this far, hmm. and I don't think there's, there's really it, – it's going to be hard to rationalize it at this point, but I feel like it's either – I don't know. It's, having a versatile linebacker is so important. Uh, I do think that he's not, like, super good at anything, any one specific thing, but he's great at – like, he's very good at everything. So having a guy like that is nice, but – He's going to fall a little bit, in my opinion, at least. He's super fast, which is nice to have. Um, rushes pretty well, drops in the coverage well, but he's not like that superstar game-breaker type player, so I had him falling a little bit just in my head. All right, all right. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it, but I can understand your viewpoint at least. Uh, pick 21, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I am taking Andre Dillard. Uh, who would be the best tackle yes, on the board yes. I, I at that time. Line, so we're going to have back-to-back -back same picks. So I, they just need a line. Like They just re-signed Russell Wilson. Um, they got to get somebody to protect him. I know he needs more outside weapons too, but O-line's more important, so get him one. <laughs> My thought process is that they would go Marquise Brown from Oklahoma, the receiver, giving really? Giving Russell Wilson that outside weapon with a lot of speed, so, playmaker. So you think they would take Hollywood Brown over AJ Brown and Kelvin Harmon? I do because of the really? game, the game breaking speed, and the need for. I feel like how the game is developing, the short passing game where you can make these fifty, sixty yard plays, like the Tyree Kill type plays. If you can get a guy like that in there with Russell Wilson, who throws the ball so effectively, it would really work. Uh and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they went off the board a little bit and got a guy like that, especially because he's not going to fall that far. Like I wouldn't say he goes any further than like maybe twenty seven, twenty eight. So you reach up a little bit for a guy that's a little less highly touted, but he's super speedy, and they need the weapons desperately. All right, all right. Uh, pick twenty two, the Baltimore Ravens. There's a couple of ways that they could go with this pick, but uh. I'll I'll kick it off. Uh, I got him going. Clellan Farrell, edge defender from Clemson. Uh, they lost to Darius Smith. They lost Terrell Suggs. So their linebackers are looking a little thin right now, especially on the edge. Actually, they lost C.J. Mosley too. So their linebacker core is just looking thin. Period. But uh, I think edge wise, this is definitely something that they're gonna want. And it, I think this one is gonna be a good fit for the Ravens. I agree. I have Farrell as, uh, as well here, because he, you know, he's a guy that has been looked at way above twenty-two, and it'd be a really nice take for them with all the losses they've had. 
definitely. I had him here as well. I remember last year they were talking about if he had declared he might have went top 10. And at this point, there's nothing to really tell you. There's no reason for him to drop any further than here, especially because he's going to get, he's going to get plays. He's going to make plays. He's going to be like one of the better players in the league, probably, if he can pan out how everybody thinks he's going to. And 22 is like a ridiculous steal at that point. All right. Pick 23, the Houston Texans. I got him taking Greg Little, offensive tackle from Mississippi. Deshaun Watson got sacked a lot last year, and especially off the edge. He needs offensive tackles to help cover him. And Greg, Greg Little, Little, I think he's going to be the best one at this point. This, I don't think he'd even be the best tackle at that point. I think because you're the Texans, and you see... You see Dillard off the board, you see Ford off the board, and you see Williams off the board. I, I, if I'm the Texans, I say screw it. I'll take a, I'll take a tackle in the second round. I think they go Noah Fan. Really? Because, yeah, that, that's a weapon. It is, yeah. That they could use. They got Hopkins. Uh, I don't. They're number two. Why don't I'm not really sure who that would be, but Noah Fan uh, can follow. certainly. Oh, Will Fuller. I wasn't sure if he was like gonna be able to play, but I mean, Will Fuller, Hopkins, and Fant—that is a talented offense. Yeah. So I, I am taking Fant there. That, all right, I can understand that. I still think that they'd want to try to patch up their offensive line, especially because Deshaun Watson got sacked at least sixty times last year. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like the guys who are gonna change that are off the board at this point. Like, reaching for a lineman in the first round doesn't make sense. Unless it's, unless it's like, Dillard or Williams or Little. Or, not Little, excuse me, Ford. All right. Those guys are gone, though, so I don't think they do it. See, I thought they would take Byron Murphy here. I feel like you need to have young corners and, and such to step up once... Because I think they have aging DBs altogether. I think everybody's about to be pushing 30. So... You get somebody that, I think he's a redshirt sophomore uh, who barely got targeted when he was in college, didn't really it didn't really have any true issues, and he's a super feisty, absolute gamer, and at 23, it makes sense for the Texans to go corner and help themselves out for the future a little bit. All right, all right. Uh, pick 24, the Oakland Raiders' second pick in the draft, and this is where I got Hawkinson going. Because uh, they just lost Jared Cook. Uh, obviously, if he go if he goes twelve to Green Bay, you could easily sub this with Noah Fant. Um, I still think that uh, with Antonio Brown, Derek Carr is still going to want more weapons. I think Hawkinson or Fant, whichever one of them is still there, if one of them's still there, I think that pick would be a good fit for Oakland. I am taking Kelvin Harmon, so they have a number two to go along um, Antonio Brown. And, I mean, I can see they got a lot of knees Oakland. Maybe they won't go with Kelvin Harmon, but taking the pressure off AB is going to be important, and Kelvin Harmon can certainly do that. All right, all right. What about you, Donnie? This is where I had Fant going. It just it makes too much sense. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right. Well, pick 25, the Philadelphia Eagles. This team was a tough one to think of, but I think I narrowed it down to a good choice. 
Uh, Josh Jacobs, the first running back off the board in this draft from Oklahoma. Actually, um, I'm taking. Uh, you explain your uh, yeah. So thing, a different one. the running back situation in Philadelphia has been. I, I don't even know what the correct word to describe it would be. It's it's not good. It's been there. It's it just it's it exists sort of. Um. There's they kind of did their running back com- by committee thing with Jay Ajayi and Legarrette Blount a couple years ago. They got Corey Clement and a couple other guys mixed in there, but um, they haven't really had a bona fide running back one really in like a while. I mean, since maybe I don't know, Lashawn McCoy might be aging it a little bit, but that's the last running back one I can really think of that like stood out as a running back one. So I think Josh Jacobs, I don't know if I'd say it's a natural fit here, but I do think that if that's the philosophy Philadelphia is going to try to go with, they're going to try to get a bell cow back, someone who they can really rely on for a couple hundred carries a year maybe. I think Josh Jacobs might be the move. Um, I am taking DeAndre Baker. Hmm. Uh, they, they need help at corner, really. DB help at all would be good. I understand, yes, they do need a running back, but they did also just trade for a running back. So I don't oh, that's think... that's true. I forgot about that. I don't think Josh Jacobs makes a lot of sense to me, yeah, considering they I, just, I just got Jordan Howard. Got Jordan Howard, fuck me. Um, all right, well... So I got DeAndre Baker going. Yep, that's kind of an L on my part, just forgetting. Uh, what do you think, Donnie? I had Greg Little going here. I feel like if he slipped to 25, which he probably won't, uh, it's a nice future fit, and the Eagles are very savvy, so I, it, it would definitely make sense to me. Yeah, Jason they Peters have, is getting old too, so... They have some aging, yeah. They have some aging pieces up front, and, you know, you win in the trenches, as they say, so... All right. Pick 26, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so a little disclaimer for this pick. I don't really see them having a reason to make a pick at this spot, I think that they're going to trade this pick. But since I couldn't really think of who would trade at this point, I just came up with, like, who would be their, I guess, pick that they'd make here at 26, even though I don't think they will. Uh, I got him taking Nikhil Harry here. So, uh, 26. I guess, yeah, but... um. I, again, I don't see them actually making a pick here. I, see, I think that they're going to trade with somebody. The only reason I think they're going to take, if they keep the pick, they take Harry if he fell here, is because they pretty much have one of the best offenses in the NFL at that point. You got T.Y. Hill, ah. you got a, <clears throat> you got a, a Jack Doyle at tight end. You had Harry to that offense. You got a decent. Jack Doyle is not their best tight end. Jack Doyle is their second tight end. Er- Eric Ebron yeah, was their best I'm tight end. Not having a good couple of last picks, am I? Um. I actually haven't taken a receiver here too. I am taking Hollywood Brown here. When you put you got so you get Hollywood Brown, that's like I don't want to say reminiscent of Peyton Manning to Harrison and that might be stretching uh, it a little bit. Not ter- well, not Harrison Wayne level, but well, Harrison I mean, those, Wayne, Harrison and Brown are two. That's very good. Incredible playmakers. So. I mean, that's just, that's dangerous, man. And they don't really need to improve anywhere on defense, and their own line's good. Yeah, there's no immediate need on the Colts You team can maybe say, you can maybe make a case. I'm either going to go Brown or Josh Jacobs here. 
because they kind of do need a running back. But Marquise Brown, that's a very interesting pick for me for them. So, all right, I got him there. Yeah, see, I actually agree with Ian, and I had I had Harry dropping here. Uh, I think it's basically just preference with the receivers. You're not gonna have any issues with whoever you get in the first round. All these guys are super talented, so that was just my rationale. All right, so pick 27, the Oakland Raiders' third first-round draft pick. Uh, I think they're going to go offensive line with this pick, and I got them taking Chris Lindstrom, offensive lineman from Boston College. I, I'm sticking with my logic that with those three offensive linemen on the board, it just you don't reach. So I'm, I got them taking Christian Wilkins, DT, out of Clemson. I, it just makes a lot of sense to me. They need everywhere, DT included, and he is definitely better than the 27th pick in the draft. So I am going there. Makes sense. Donnie? I had Josh Jacobs here. It just uh, I didn't want to give him a 24 because I, I felt like they would make the decision to wait a little bit, and uh, they'd probably like Fant. So you can't really go wrong with either way. You could definitely flip-flop them because I feel like it would happen either way. Um, but my thought process was they would be afraid somebody would trade up uh, to 26 or 25 and take Fant from them. So they picked 24. They picked Fant at 24, and they took Jacob to 27. All right. So pick 28, the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, a team that doesn't have a lot of needs, but I'm going to have him taking kind of a depth piece, probably develop him into a starter. Uh, I got him taking Rock Yasin, cornerback from Temple. Uh, you know, they got, they got Casey Hayward. He's still a solid player. I think they're going to try to develop him into a cornerback too. Maybe if Hayward starts getting old, he starts becoming the number one option on defense. But I think for right now, they can develop him into a solid number two piece to pair him with Hayward. And I think that's just makes that defensive back core just that much better. With with my blind optimism, I had Daniel Jones going at twenty eight. Um, <laughs> Sin, that's it, what it, as well. it would be fantastic if everything worked out as I hope. Um, I'm gonna guess Daniel Jones goes a little bit higher, and to uh, but it makes sense if he's there at twenty eight. As you said, not many needs. Uh, future quarterback is one of those uh, few needs that they do have. And if, if they want to develop him, it doesn't rain much in San Diego or L.A. anymore. <laughs> so, you know, he, he can throw the ball all right. And, you know, he'll, he'll work out in a climate that doesn't have much weather and many weather problems at 28. Yeah, that's that's very true. So uh, <laughs> what, who do you got, Bryce? I had Daniel Jones going here as well. I, I think you're also about the uh, no rain hype. No, that's not what it I know. Was. I was joking. Um, well, like you said, they don't have a lot of needs, and they can afford to spend a first round pick. Rivers is clearly he's not bad yet. So, yeah, no, I guess I can see that they're gonna they'd want to develop him a little bit behind Rivers for maybe a year or two, then yeah. thrust him into the starting role when Rivers is done with football. Hopefully, done having kids at that point too. But this 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 is Chiefs models. 
this chief model I hear about the chief model. Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking that Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones are slightly different. Those are different players. Yeah, very different players. That's all right. Chief model. Chief model. All right. All right. Pick twenty nine. The Kansas City Chiefs. You sound like you were ready to go, Bryce. Well. You know, I've been saying the whole time, uh, they're not. Nobody's going to reach for an old lineman, but when it comes to the Chiefs, their only need is old line. <laughs> you could maybe say they need defense too. And I feel like defense honestly, is kind of a big need for them, actually. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, defense is the bigger need, and there is a guy I have in mind. He was probably my number two, but I'm gonna bump him up to number one. I think they go Dexter Lawrence. All right. I mean, All right. I think he's he's he slid a little because of what happened and all the suspension stuff. I think Dexter Lawrence, um, the fact that he's even there at twenty nine is is just unbelievable to me. He's definitely a top. I'd say he's a top twenty talent at least. I'd argue he's top fifteen when he's like. Um. Yeah, man. I I just think Dexter Lawrence makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. Yes, I have I have Dexter Lawrence too, and for the exact same reasons, he is such a talented prospect. He just made a really boneheaded decision to get suspended. So, uh, you know, if he can uh, stay off the weed, I think he'd be fine. And uh, Kansas City, in dire need of defense, one of the top defensive linemen available in the whole draft falls to twenty nine. It's a no brainer. What do you think, Donnie? I kind of thought Rocky Sin would make sense here. Um, they don't really stop the pass or the run exceedingly well, and having a guy on the outside who can do both would help a lot. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that he's going to be like a number one superstar playmaking player, but having a guy that's going to be, a, a, no pun intended, rock on your defense has, to be able to... Just one less need, honestly, because they have so many defensive needs. I feel like these the little things that tear them down that are going to tear them down for the next couple of years will be defensive breakdowns and such. And having a guy like that that you know is going to be consistent is very nice to have. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that that pun was definitely intended, by the way. There was no way that wasn't intended. But uh, I didn't. I just thought of it on the spot, you know, as I figured, I'd throw it out there. Definitely intended. But uh, moving on to pick thirty, the Green Bay Packers with their second pick. I have him taking Christian Wilkins right here, so all four of the Clemson defensive linemen going in the first round. Uh, I believe, Bryce, you already have all of them, all four of them going at this point too, right? Yes, I believe so. All right, so, yeah, I have Wilkins going. Uh, defensively, they actually did stuff this offseason, so it's not actually a huge need for him, but Wilkins is just such a, def- a talented player. And uh, I guess their D-line right now is the weakest part of their defense, so I'd say probably Wilkins makes sense here. Maybe they will go with this. Maybe they won't. Who knows? And I had Dexter Lawrence going here. I just felt like, as was said maybe three minutes ago, the talent is too much for him to fall out of the first round, and there's a lot of needs there as well. Uh, it doesn't hurt for you to take a guy that's going to be super talented, and you know, you can look over, you can look past some of the prior issues. Uh, I have him going offensive here. I have him going with A.J. Brown. Um, interesting, interesting. Because 
you need to take the pressure off Devontae Adams a little bit. There was nobody taking the pressure off Tay last year because Jimmy Graham had a down year, and the number two receiver was like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and the number three receiver was like Inquirius St. Brown. Like, they need a receiver. They need a number two guy, and I think A.J. Brown's a very solid option for them. What do you think, Donnie? Oh, wait. No, you didn't say Lawrence. Oh, you, you said, said Dexter Lawrence. Lawrence. My bad. Yeah. You're so good. I thought you said Lawrence was last round or last pick. Uh, so that's pick 31. Uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I have not taking Eric McCoy, an offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. I know you don't believe in reaching for offensive linemen at this point, but... Uh, I, I haven't taken no lineman. You do? Oh. I do. Well, uh, let me explain mine first, and then you can explain yours. Uh, so I have not taken McCoy because three out of their five... They lost two out of their five. I I know they lost Roger Saffold. I forgot who the other one they lost was. And then Andrew Whitworth is also like 37 or something. They need... They need offensive linemen that are younger, so I think McCoy here is a he would help fill a gap, fill a need here. Again, the Rams they don't have that many needs, so I think that if they just bolster up their offensive line, I think that would be a good pick for thirty-one. I actually, this is where I have Greg Little going. Um, it would make sense; he could play immediately if you want him to. He can also develop behind Whitworth for like a year or two, depending how much longer he plays. Um, I think it makes sense because they also don't have needs and they can take a developmental guy in the first round. All right. I also had McCoy here. Uh, Yeah, the athletic ability to be able to play center and guard without any issues is very important and obviously they lost Saffold and Sullivan, Sullivan and, that's right. that's what and Whitworth is I thought he was going to retire or he's close to retire so I think he's like, he's kind of like going to the Gronk where he's like like the Gronk viewpoint where he's year by year at this point just like does he feel like yeah, so, so having there? having that guy right there ready to step in uh, obviously won't be as good right away but it's nice to have somebody that's that can learn behind somebody that's as talented as him So, pick 32, the last pick of our mock draft. The Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. I'll go, I guess, being the Patriots fan here. Uh, I got him taking Irv Smith Jr., tight end from Alabama. You know, Gronk just retired. He, they, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's not a Gronk. He's probably, I mean, it would make sense that he's a tight end, too, in this offense. Good player, yes, but not, you know... I'd have to assume that they want to get they want a young guy, someone that they can develop like they did with Gronk a decade ago. And Irv Smith Jr. is probably the best option here at this point. I'm just gonna tell you you're wrong because you're wrong. Um, I think the the better choice to fill another hole that they let go in the offseason. Guy who's still on the board for I think everybody. I don't think anyone said his name. Chachai Polite. Yeah, he's, I don't have him. He's going to fill the hole that Trey Flowers is leaving, I think, immediately. I think he's that good. Um, it would make the most sense. Not Irv Smith. You don't want to reach on a tight end. You don't have to. 
outside linebackers more important to me, and I think Patriots, you know, they Belichick's defensive minded, and he always has been, you know, ever since the Lawrence Taylor days. Um, it just makes the most sense to me. He's not Lawrence Taylor good. I'm not saying that, but he's good. Kind of cool if he was though, and the Patriots took him. But uh, what are you thinking, Donnie? <laughs> See, this was the one pick in the first round that I thought there's no way that they actually make the pick. I think they're going to end up trading down, and they'll take Irv Smith eventually. If they had to pick here, I'd say it would be Irv Smith. Uh, obviously, it is a reach on a tight end that probably shouldn't be going 32. Uh, my guess is they trade down 10 or 15 picks and then get him there. Um, but if the Patriots had the pick at 32, I think Irv Smith would be a good fit. All right, all right. Irv Smith would be a good fit, but like if you're going to pick at 32, you may as well take to Jai Polite. You need him. Uh, I I just think there's no way they actually pick it. Like they'll end up trading down you for. See, I feel like I feel like well, Donnie makes a good point because Belichick does love trading down for more draft picks, so I wouldn't be shocked for a minute if that happens. But at the same time, the Patriots have six picks in the first 100, six picks of the first 101, so. I think that they are actually going to make a lot of the picks here. Maybe they'll trade back for like later picks using some of like their fourth rounders. I think. I think that's what they're going to do because I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of talent here, and there's a lot that you don't want to pass up on, in the hopes of getting more draft capital in trades. But then again, they might just want to trade back, get another pick eventually. Who knows. Somebody will trade up and take like Jerry Tillery or something like that, way too high, and uh, and that'll be how it goes probably. Probably. Yeah. Tom Brady's gonna will a team to take a draft. God, you're annoying. You know that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So, keeping with basketball, just yesterday, okay. Wednesday the seventeenth, with basketball. You want you want to do basketball right now? No, you just said with basketball. Did I say with basketball. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. With keeping with football, I'm sorry. I was looking at the stuff I had up for our basketball segment, which we probably will do. I don't know, but um, yeah, we will we'll go with it. Yeah, we're an hour we're an hour in right now. But keeping with football, we've got a. Uh, the schedules got released yesterday for the 2019 NFL season. And we're going to talk about our team schedules, so the Giants and the Patriots. And we didn't actually talk about what we wanted to talk about with these schedules, did we? So we'll just I, we'll just say how we feel about them. We don't need to repeat them. You can look them up. We're not doing that for you. All right. Um. So how I feel about the Giants' schedule? It's honestly a pretty easy schedule. It is not a tough schedule, really. It gets tough at points. But this is not. I wanted a harder schedule, so we had a worse pick. But we get to play the CFL division. We get to play um, the Cardinals. I don't know why. I I don't know why we're playing the Cardinals, but we, um, we got we got winnable games. Um, but I don't know how good or bad the Giants are going to be this year. I really have no idea. So. I think the schedule, as it stands right now, looks pretty easy to me. When you say the CFL division, are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Yeah. All right, that's a little disrespectful, but... It's accurate. 
the AFC East if you're not catching Lyle. My thoughts are the same exact. I was really hoping for a tough schedule this season and then end up throwing the Bills in the Bucks and the Cardinals and the well, Jets. I mean, no, I think the going Bills into this, been... you guys should have known like who they were playing because there's the, the rotation every year. It's not like random. Well, yeah, but like I, I wanted, I didn't want the. We didn't need to play the Bucks and Cardinals. Well, that's just because they suck too, and that's how the season went. <sighs> I understand. I understand that, but damn, <laughs> that couldn't be like that. Couldn't be like the Rams and. Chargers, you y'all should have played good football, and you would have played against. Them. We can't. That's we can't it's, just play good football. Yeah, I don't know if you watched last year. It was. Uh... I, I'm aware of what happened last year. Believe me, I am plenty aware of how last year went for you guys. But uh, you know, if you guys want to play the Rams to tank, you actually have to uh, you know win football games to play teams that win football games. That's just how the scheduling works. I know. I I understand that, but damn. How do you feel about the the the, the five and one already Patriots? Five and one already. Uh, yeah, well, they to start be honest, probably going to be five and one. one. I wouldn't. We're going to have that annual loss in Miami. That's just going to. I'm just wondering how they're yeah, going to top the... the miracle in Miami this coming season. That's all I want to know. Probably some dumb shit like a seventy-yard field goal or some stupid shit like if that. If we lose on a seventy-yard field goal, I might. That'd be hilarious. Honestly, that would be that would be funny. I know. I will, yeah, I know. You'd you'd find it real funny. I'd probably go commit. No, you would have to laugh, bro. No, I'd laugh watched... and like like ha Holy shit! That just happened. I I bro. I watched a very bad kicker kick a sixty-three. Graham Gano is not win. very very bad. He's bad. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's, he's not, not like the upper echelon of kickers in the league. Let's, let's, let's calm that one down. He ain't Will Lutz. He ain't Will Lutz. He ain't Rosas. He ain't Kaskowski. He's, he's going to be Parky. <laughs> he's better than Parky. I know it's oh, not, yeah. I know it's not something to really... It's, it's, hard, it's hard not to be, yeah. That's, that's a hard benchmark to not pass, but... Like, you're putting the bar in hell there at that point. Like, you you the bar to the floor. I've heard you use that before ever, so this is interesting. Uh, it's just... That was, it's just accurate though. It's like Cody Parkey. It's like I don't know. It's, it's a weird person to compare a kicker to, considering he's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you probably think Graham Gano is good because he had one good year, but the rest of them have been pretty uh, been pretty he, shaky. He ain't bad. I mean, he's not he's not a great kicker. I wouldn't consider him top ten or well, even top. We're not even talking about this. How do you feel about the past schedule, bro? How do you feel about the past schedule? Uh, I'm pretty confident. Uh, Thirteen and three season. I'm a little concerned. 13 and 3. 13 and 3, that's like. The only There's ones that I'm like particularly liner. concerned about are like the Chiefs, the Browns. You're going to lose to the Browns. You're going to lose to the Browns. And the Ravens at the Ravens is not an easy At the Ravens game. is not an easy game, so that's definitely a toss up. And then I'm probably. I'm guessing we're going to fuck up in Miami somehow. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're just going to do it. Well, that's week two, so we'll live. Yeah. Um. It doesn't look like. I mean, at Eagles is a tough game. Um, I don't know about the Cowboys. Cowboys are just so weird as a team. They're either going to be really good or really bad. At Texans is not an easy game. Um, obviously, you got the the two wins to end the year again with the Bills and Dolphins. Actually, I'll um, say three wins to end the year because we're at Cincinnati the week before that. And Bengals. So yeah, it's. Cadell three or three freebies just in case you're in trouble. Um, no, we got a we got a tough middle of the schedule, so it kind of it balances out. Yeah, so you get to play the Chiefs, and then you get to. Play I don't know who I don't know who the hell thought we wanted to watch 
Steelers Patriots on Sunday Night Football to start the year. I don't know who I mean, said that. They could have yeah, given us anything that's... for the NFL kickoff game, which isn't even the kickoff game this year. Because... It's not the kickoff game. <laughs> I get it. Packers Bears oldest rivalry in football. Packers Bears. Well, Packers Bears is a much better game. Let me try to watch it. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Patriots Steelers on primetime to like. Unless Goodell's throwing crap, unless Kraft has dirt on Goodell and he was just saying like, which is which is ironic given the everything that's happened the past few months. But let's just say Kraft has dirt on Goodell, and he's like, "Hey, I want to flex on the Steelers, so let's have let's present our sixth trophy at home against the Steelers." Which that's not really flexing on them because they six two. I know they do. That's, I mean, they got it. <laughs> odd, odd flex, but okay. And they took the Steelers forty years. It took us. Less than twenty, so I guess that would be their. Point. You sure? You were around a long time and did nothing. Uh, I'm a, well. I'm talking just from like the first ring to the most recent, in that context. Yeah, well. But that's beside uh, the point. R.I.P. Charles Woodson. R.I.P. Charles Woodson. It's time for basketball. We spent almost an hour and ten minutes on football, so it's time for basketball. I would say. Yeah, I would so say. we're gonna. This is gonna be a shorter basketball segment. It's just uh, so with the playoffs starting up, but most of the series are only two or three games in. There's really nothing to talk about with that, except no, really. There's actually nothing to really talk about. I take that back. But. We can talk about the award voting, because even though the season isn't over yet, so we haven't had any of the announcements as to who wins what award, we can at least make our predictions for who's going to win what. So, how do you want to do this, Bryce? What do you you have for awards? What are we picking? I don't know, actually. I was hoping you'd have that. Alright, well, I want to do MVP, uh, obviously. I would say MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, um, Rookie of the Year, and I don't think that's really all we need to do. Those are kind of like the three big ones. Yeah, we can do that. Um, So my MVP is really a toss-up for me. Um, I think whoever wins, it's going to be between Harden and Giannis. I think you could give it to either one. I'm not going to be upset. Right. So I understand that. I would personally take Giannis. Um, I think he's really turned the Bucks around. He has. I know Harden's had a great statistical year. I understand that, but I mean LeBron had an amazing statistical year last year too. They still gave it to Harden. Like the narrative for Harden's MVP changes so much because when because when Westbrook won his, they were like, "Oh, Harden led his team to more wins." But now it's like, oh, Harden dragged his team to the playoffs while Giannis was, you know, having a great year too. So they they switched their narrative uh, a lot when it comes to that. Personally, though, I'll give it to Giannis. I think the way he's led the Bucks turn around, they're the best record in the NBA, best in the East by far. Um, His form is kept up. I know playoffs doesn't technically matter for voting, so they say, but it does. You know, it, it does, but it's okay. Um, I think just how the season has went, I think Giannis makes sense for MVP. Yeah, I agree with Giannis for MVP. You know, I mean, like you said, Harden 
great statistical year. Giannis, though, he's he's just out of his mind this year. Uh, <laughs> do we really need to say anything about Giannis? I mean, come on. See, I just don't think it's as, I don't think it's as close as people think it's gonna be. I think Giannis should win pretty easily. It's like he's I, like the most he's like the most efficient player I've ever seen play basketball before. Like I don't know about that. Okay, other than like um, LeBron in recent years at least. LeBron? LeBron was super efficient within like eight feet, and that's all he shoots from. LeBron, now, what? have you seen the stats? Like the percentages? His percentages for the eight for eight feet. Him and KD are ridiculous. I know, but. He only shoots from eight feet. What? Well, he used to only shoot from eight feet. Now he thinks he can shoot threes. <sighs> Donnie, I, I know you're uh, I'm not a, guy. I, I know you're, you're out of your element, but that's a I'm crazy not, fan take right there, bro. I don't know about all that. I'm not a huge LeBron fan. I'm just gonna be honest, and I know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not, not the biggest LeBron guy in the world here. Look, I know he's had some great performances at MSG, but imagine there ain't no reason. Right. I mean, hey, what about Giannis? So DPOY, who who y'all got? I want to hear this. Huh. What are you thinking, Donnie? See, I did my research, and I think Gobert's basically got it clinched. I could be wrong. It's either him or Paul George. I I think. Um, uh, there's just something about Gobert and his his defensive efficiency is ridiculous. But he's just a fantastic defender. Uh, gets the blocks and steals you look for. Um, you can't really score. He doesn't. Nobody really scores on him. And not, not to mention great rebounder and all that. So I, I think Gobert wins it fairly easily. Although it, it's always, uh, I think there's always a look at wings. Uh, Guards and shooting guards, small forwards always get looks. So uh, I definitely say Paul George could be up there, and there's other guys as well every year that poke their heads. But I think uh, I'm pretty sure last year Gobert won. I think it'll be a lot of the same yes. this year. All right. Uh, I'm gonna Giannis might just win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. I honest. doubt it. Highly doubt it. He's, I'm pretty sure he's like, he's top three in rebounds per game, I think. Is that what it is? What does that matter? I don't know. He's got, he gets a lot of rebounds a game. Six. (laughs) Six. That ain't top three or top Uh, No, for sources, he's not top three. (laughs) No, no, I'm pretty sure defensive rebounds I'm talking, not. Defensive rebounds isn't going to like carry the POI. I think it's going to be that, you know. I don't know what his defensive rating is off the top of my head. He's got to be really good in that. I think I, I think Giannis is one of the top defensive players in the NBA. I think, given the year he had, he might win both. I don't know. I mean, Rudy Gobert, obviously, yeah, he had a great, great year on defense, too. I'm just going to give the edge to Giannis here. Well, I think uh, I, agree, I agree with Donnie. It's between Gobert and PG. I think I'm going to go PG because PG kind of like not shocked everybody. Like, we knew he was an okay defender, but he really amped it up this year. He was a pesk on defense. He did go down, and that would that does kind of affect how people maybe view him. Um, but I, I would give it to PG if I was a voter. 
Gobert would be my second choice, though. And it's like you can't go wrong with either of those guys. No, Absolutely. I think I no, think they both could deserve it, but I get PG. So rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. This one should be the easiest one. No, that's not easy actually. Really? You should go on. You should go on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, well, it ain't easy. It ain't as easy as you think it is. All right. Well, um, what do you so who's your pick? Who's your pick then? Because if you don't think it's easy, then I, want to I hear what you think take. it's Luka Doncic. I mean, Luka Doncic. Okay. So you think Trey Young's not even close? Well, all right. I won't say it's not even close. I guess that was very poor phrasing, but I think. Look, Trey Young had a great rookie season. He had a great Doncic. second half. I, I still think Doncic wins this one handily. Do you agree with that, Donnie? I, I don't think it's... I think it'll be very close. Uh, I'd take Doncic as well, but it, I think people are discrediting just how good Trey Young was because I was kind of a doubter um, in the draft. I, I was too. I was too. I, and he has... It, it's not like... You don't even have to expect much out of him, but he's going to go off. And it seems like he goes off almost every game. He's more effective than I thought he would be. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he put up like 19 and 8 this season, which is like nuts. Any other year, he'd probably be like pretty close to up there, especially as a, a guy that's controlling their entire offense and all that. So, I, I do think Doncic is going to win. I don't. I think it'll be close. Um, but I, I don't think there's like a huge, huge gap between them at all. I, I think Doncic wins by like... He probably gets like sixty percent of the first place votes, and I don't think there's anybody else other than those two that can really be argued for rookie of the year. Um, I agree. I think, I think Doncic wins. I would vote for Doncic because um, he had a more solid, like all around, like he was solid from start to finish. Trey was not that hot to start. Um, Trey, it, it's definitely, there's no one else that comes close to these two, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I'd give it to Doncic. Not by a lot, but just barely. Uh, Alright, I think that's everything, is it? Yeah, it's for basketball. Yeah, we got another, one last thing to talk about before you we talk, You want to talk, uh... Why don't, so, why don't you introduce it? You're 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 liking this one a little bit more than I am. Um, so the last two days, the sixteenth and seventeenth. Um, well, it'll be like four days because this is going up on what four twenty. Uh, yeah. Shout out. Um, shout out to all our pothead uh, listeners. Um, so the Sox and Yankees. Uh, they played a two game, quick two game in the Bronx. Um, the Sox and win one. Sox, well, no, 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 did pretty well. Well, well, I guess that depends on whose viewpoint you're, um, you're asking. So the Sox lost two to the the Rail Raiders. Um, <laughs> so how how do you feel about that, Ian? I, I want to ask you because because I didn't my team didn't lose with Triple A team. Just just hit the reset so button this season, please. Hit the reset, really? Hit the, I mean, like you told me you weren't. You told me you weren't panicking to like. I'm not you. panicking, but I'm just, I'm just over it. Man. That's I'm panicking. You want to hit the reset button? No, no, I want to hit the reset. Like you know, just start from O and O, like zero and zero. <laughs> Don't we all? Not, not blowing up the whole season. We're not blowing up. That's the whole literally season. what that not, does. Not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying, not, I don't want him to blow up the whole team. 
Not not that hitting the reset button. David Price isn't helping. David Price. He said the worst case scenario is that we suck ass, and then they that then they blow it up. But I still think it's early to blow it all up. Like twenty games in, you're gonna talk like that. I know you're six and four. That's literally a worst case scenario. Yeah, but like, are you really thinking worst case scenario twenty games into the season? I don't know if it might be a little early, but given the way they've been playing, you might as well at least. I'm not. I'm not gonna say consider it, but. I mean, know. to be fair, yeah, you did kind of just lose to the Yankees without, like, the meat of their lineup, but, like... And, you know, Mookie's hitting 200, OVP's <laughs> low, Jackie Bradley Jr. is basically there, just just to sit there, hasn't done anything. No, that's, that, that's not new. That's that's something. That's but it, it's continuing, though, that's the issue. Well, it wasn't never... Yeah, but like him and Mitch Moreland are carrying the offense, and it's not working. Clearly, no, no, it is not. So it's just to me, it's weird because like you, like you dropping games to the Yankees as the Red Sox, who are like the Yankees are missing an unbelievable amount of players. Like, and like they're missing like five, four starters off the top of my head. I can think of. Maybe five if you count Bird, but I don't. So, um, I mean, missing Stanton, Hicks, Didi, <laughs> Sanchez. Like, how are you losing to that? Yeah, the lineup that <laughs> I had: know, Mike that's... Ford, Austin Roman, and Tyler Wade in. Well, I think they did lose. If I, I but that's that's the point, though. Like, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not. <laughs> It's an enigma because on the 25-man roster right now, I believe 21 of them were on that World Series winning roster when Chris Sale stuck out the last guy. And they stink. They, they stink. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The Sox fucking suck right now. Um, they play shitty baseball, the starters. It seems like the only time the starters can do anything is when the offense seems to go stagnant and when, the, when starting pitching in the offense seems to be on pace the bullpen suddenly loses all their shit it's always two um, to three you can either get good starting pitching you can get solid bullpen or you can get the fucking offense you can only get two to three the third one fails catastrophically and loses so the like, game for you who was the trash catcher they dropped the, they probably was probably their best catcher so they should not have dropped him well, I don't know, like, what is what does that help? Is that going to make anyone pitch better? Uh, I think the mindset here is that, so they DFA'd Swihart, and which made zero sense, because almost all of last year they carried three catchers, and that worked out pretty well. Everyone was comfortable with their particular catcher. It worked out very well. So why they would designate Swihart, of all people, who now, mind you, it's essentially a waiver system, so he can so like other teams can go snag him right now. So there's no chance Swihart's gonna be down in Pawtucket. Because he's too talented. He's just too talented. Someone else is gonna go swipe him up. Because he's got a ton and he of plays upside. Four positions. He's a he's a utility guy, which already brings up his value. You know, he'll play outfield, he can play infield, he can catch, he can do pretty much anything in the baseball field. So I don't see why it's a good idea to even do that because you can use Swihart as an everyday guy. You know, second baseman is hurt, needs a day to just rest, put in Blake Swihart. Your left fielder hurt, just broke his foot like Ben Attendee did, put Swihart in left field. 
why you would designate him for assignment when there's so many other guys on this team that are sucking worse than he was, it makes no sense. It makes zero mm-hmm. fucking sense. So I'm just in shock as to how a team can do such a 180 from being the best team in baseball last year by a considerable margin, I'd say, to having the second worst run differential in the MLB just ahead of the fucking Miami Marlins. It it's it don't make sense. It doesn't. Um the bar for the bar for being better at scoring runs and holding teams to less runs than the Marlins, that bar, as Bryce so eloquently puts, is set in hell. I, it's it really does it really doesn't make much I knew the Sox were gonna not be as good. I understood yeah, that. Obviously they were gonna regress a looking, little bit. Looking but... at looking I didn't think I looked at you looking at the roster, they weren't as good. Um I did not think if you told me after twenty games they'd be six and fourteen, I probably would have said absolutely not. Um Especially considering they're healthy, like for the most part at like least. For the mo- they're only missing like Benny. Uh, Benny hurts, but like Benny's not. Yeah, but that's not. But it's not Benny's not turning JD a six or Mookie into a, into a seventeen and like, team if, like they were. At if they were missing JD or Mookie, I'd understand like the struggles. I mean, maybe not Mookie because Mookie's been terrible this year. But like, they're not missing anybody that's gonna what? That's like a big game changer. I understand Benny's good. Benny, I but... consider Benny like lower tier in terms of game changer. He ain't that he ain't like gonna make the team like fourteen and fourteen though. Uh, yeah, I know, but I I can't explain why this team is so stagnant now. Because um, at twenty it's... games in last season, they were like seventeen and three, and they were on fire. And most of this team was on it's this there. team, so I I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's an enigma. It's... And it's interesting to think about, too, because everybody said, oh, it's because they're on the road. Uh, on the no, road. They, but they suck didn't, in Boston, yeah. too. They didn't play very well at home, yeah. No, they got shelled by the Orioles in two games and looked like ass against Toronto. So, I don't... Have they won a series yet this season? I don't um, think so. They may have split one, They've, they've split series. They split with I'm Baltimore, like, have yeah. Won, have they no. won a series? I don't no, think they've won outright I think they lost two or three against Toronto, so... Yeah, no, they haven't won a series yet this season, have they? And I don't think that's gonna. Con- I don't think that trend's gonna change against the Rays, who are hot right now. Rays are the hottest team in baseball, so that's a three game. That's three losses right there, because I think it's a four game series. We might be able to swipe one if we're lucky. I don't know, man. It's just it, to me, it's it's shocking, man. I mean, I'll take it, but it's it's a question mark. Get Pedroia out of the oh. lineup. He's batting under a hundred. I don't know. It's too early to worry. By the way, I know it's too early to worry. I'm not. I'm not yeah, going to say I'm worried I mean, yet because the Dodgers were awful last year to start the year. If you remember correctly, I really, do really recall bad. that they were complete ass. Yeah, yeah, they traded for Machado though. The Red Sox. Red Sox we don't have the assets to well, trade for a guy Machado right now. We're they traded for Machado, but they didn't really need to. At the point they got, Dodger, they're not trading for guys like that. Sure, but at the point that they got those guys is when they, they had picked up their game a bit. Uh, granted, it was the division they play in is always very close, and especially last year, it was very mediocre for the majority of the year. 
but you can always pick up your play because I remember the Dodgers were under 500 for all of May, probably part of June too. And people were starting to worry and Kershaw got hurt twice last year and all that. So you can, you can worry, but you don't have to worry that considerably. It, when you hit June, if you're like 10 games under in June, then you start to panic. For now, you're just kind of just hoping that like guys like Mookie wake up and JD keeps up his pace and you'll be okay. That's I'm, obviously the starters need to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we can talk about the starters in a whole different thing. You know, uh, it, it would have been nice if our starting five for the pitching rotation had pitched more than a collective like 40 innings in spring training. And granted, most of those were taken up by like our. I think Porcello had a good amount of spring training innings of those 40-something innings. And then, like, a, the majority of them, like, the overwhelming majority was Eduardo Rodriguez, who, granted, has been a very solid pitcher this season. But when you're investing the kind of money that we are into Nathan Avaldi, who, to his credit, pitched a gem against the Yankees last night. He just got bailed out by a bad bullpen, which goes back to my previous point about uh, you can have two of the three. But Chris Sale... He knows he's he's sucking right now, and he, I I hope he is trying to fix it because. Uh, do I need to explain why he needs to fix it? No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now that I'm all depressed and everything, uh, I think that's a good place to call it. Unless you have anything you want to say about the Yankees, Bryce. Um, no, I think I'm good for now. I think you're good for that. All right, cool. So that'll do it for episode 36 of I'm Walking Here. Special thank you to Donnie for coming on. You can follow Donnie on Twitter at De- uh, Donnie on the Horn. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ENMQ6, spelled C U S I C K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Briz, I T S B R I Z Z. And that will do it. Thank you for listening, and have a good night.